Episode 57, Resenteeism. Welcome to the story in your head. I'm Ron Macklin, and today Deb and I discuss Resenteeism and how it is related to the stories in your head. We also talk about how taking responsibility for your stories can give you a lot of power. Hi, I'm Ron Macklin, the host of the Story in Your Head podcast and the founder of Imaginal Community, a new virtual space where you can discover how to change the world one relationship at a time. In the Imaginal Community, you can ask us questions, take online classes, and learn and grow with others who are transforming their relationship with themselves and with others. It's like social media for self-discovery. So to continue the conversation with us, join us over in the Imaginal Community by following the link in the show notes. We're excited to see you there. Welcome to the story in your head. Today, myself and Deb are going to discuss a relatively new word, new piece of language in the world. It's called resenteeism. Did I say that right, Deb? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> I, I I think it's another ism coming from the workforce right now after presenteeism, right? It was named after that. The the first we had the quiet quitting, which was people showing up doing the bare minimum, and then we had presenteeism where people are just showing up, like to log in, <laughs> like that's all they have to do, and then resenteeism where they actually are like resenting being there. So how does that show up for you? Like, did it trigger you with some story or like, how does it, like, how does it, how do you show up to you? Yeah, I was thinking, and there's been a few times in my life where I knew I needed to move on. And I, like, I could tell Sunday nights, (laughs) my Sunday night drama was, oh my gosh, I have to go to work tomorrow. I have to go into work tomorrow. And just the feeling, I can I can feel it in my body right now. And I would go into work or travel to wherever I was going, and I would resent being there. I would resent, I would resent myself. And that's kind of an interesting thing to think about. I was resent myself for maybe putting up with certain things in a workplace environment, or yeah, if I if I didn't feel like I was being valued or if I didn't feel like I was being treated well, I would, I would put up with it. And I guess in a way it not only made me resent people in charge or people around me, but, but resent myself. And I hadn't really thought of it, of it that way until just now, but it's a feeling where, you know, the first thing you want to do is you want to blame everybody else because the mood you're in or the, the situation you're in, it's got to be someone else's fault, right? <laughs> and then, then there's that moment where you realize, you know, you you do have some control over it. That you 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 can choose to leave if you want. Now, I know it's not, you know, especially in some job markets. I mean, today's job market is pretty good, 
the, yeah, the best in 16, yes, uh, since yes. 1969. <laughs> um, right? But the, it's not always the case where you can just pack up and leave, right? Because there's not always other options. But yep. to avoid that resenting yourself. And then, like, what else I notice is the, I'll call it the toxicity of it, is when other people start telling their stories about being resentful too. So it's almost like this this illness that spreads throughout a company. People don't want to be there. They're not feeling valued. They're they just want to be somewhere else. They want to f- they want to feel like they ha- they're fulfilling their purpose and they don't feel that. So they become resentful. So let's let's say you're in you're in this situation and you you don't want to be there. Why don't you just leave? Great question. <laughs> You know, all the things that I can think about, right? Why are you there? If your primary reason to be there is to take care of your family, you may say, I'm just going to put up with it because I've got a bigger purpose. My bigger purpose is to take care of my family. So you're going to tolerate. Yeah. So that you can provide. Tolerate because that bigger purpose is, is more important to you. Yeah, I'm not like in, in the space. I'm just trying to put language to it. So yeah, can, like, great. Label, label things, right? Because like sometimes I, I can be in a world where I go, you know, oh, I, I can get through this. I guess, oh, you can tolerate it. Oh, God, I don't want to tolerate it. Mm. But then when you put the language to it, you go, that's what I'm doing. Then I can notice it, put language on it. I can do something different. So I'm just trying to help us put language to stuff. Yeah, I think when you wake up in the morning and you say, I'm going to go take care of my family today. There's a mood around that of, like, it's a good mood. Like, I'm going to take care of my family. So it's, yeah, I, I, I hear, I hear tolerate <laughs> and it's like, oh, geez. Yeah. Am I really going to put up with that? Is there somewhere else I could be that I wouldn't have to just tolerate that I would be able to take care of my family and love, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm working through my own stories in my own head because I noticed that like I was 25 when I got married and I, out of all my friends, I was the last, like like everybody else had gotten married, right? By the time I got 25, got married. And now I look around at my kids and their friends and all that and I go, well, they're all over 25 and not, none of them are, very few of them are married, very few, right? Most of them are going, I don't know. And this is what my speculation is. There's two ways to go at this, right? We can tolerate so we can take care of our family or we can choose not to have a family so we don't have to tolerate some job we don't want. Mm, that's good. Right? And instead of being in a space of, I figure out what I want and figure out what I want to do to pay for it, you go, first of all, no, I don't want to take on that obligation because I don't want to have to be forced into something that I have to do. So now I'm going to like not do that. And then if you do go into a job that you have a family to take care of, like you, you may have a story that you can't leave. That's, that's great. Yeah. I think it's the, it's scary when it's scary when you're on your own too, but it's scary when you have those additional, I want to call them blessings, but some people might call them obligations, right? Yeah. That's a great, great thing to respect, reflect on. I don't know that they're like an obligation, although they can occur at times as an obligation. Like, yes, I have to take care of that. They're like, in many ways, a miracle and a reason for living mm-hmm. and all that other stuff too. But they are choices and they are concerns. Like, like there are something to take care of there. 
and they are choices like we choose to have kids or not. And then when we have our kids, we can choose to love them or not, right? There's all of these choices we can have. And that's really fascinating because there's the a space for who wants to be in a job they don't want to be in. Who wants to have a life that they don't want? Because of, like, that's the end of the sentence, right? Because of, I need to take care of this or because of some other thing. Right. Yeah. So if you were going to look back on your career and your space and you're going to toss yourself a line back to it and say, what would you toss? A 35-year-old Deb, what would you toss that that line to her? Do you love what you do? Wait, is that a question? Do you love what you do? It's a question, and it's a question to almost check in. And by the way, like throughout my career, I've had, I have loved what I've done and loved who I got to work with, especially like amazing people. But there, there, you know, several points in my career, there became a time where, no, I didn't love what I did. And I was like, okay, I, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready. And, and probably a little too late, maybe, <laughs> but I, I think I'm ready to move on to find something else I love. Uh, why do you say it was too late? I definitely could feel burnout. And I think, you know, my story about burnout is I might have been doing a lot of the same things I was doing when I loved my job, but it got to be drudgery, stale. You know, when you don't feel valued, it's, you feel a little bit alone. You know, you feel like, okay, what what am I doing this for? And also noticing, I mean, I think COVID had a big opportunity for people to notice their lives and what do they really want, right? And so noticing in those inflection points in my life that, yeah, maybe it was time to move on. Maybe going to work wasn't as joyful as it used to be for me, even though it was the same job. Um, that the story in my head had changed. Who changed the story for you? The one in your head. I changed the story. I I changed the story, and it's it's funny we're talking about resenteeism because I coupled to other people. You know, we were saying okay, I you know this is time to move on, but it was really it was really about me that. My story, I, I needed a change. I was bored. This is great. Tell me more about bored. I had mastered the things. Like, I, I remember the first engineering management job. I was scared shitless. <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to lead people? I can barely lead myself, right? And it's about letting people be people, right? And I was so scared. And I thought, I'm never going to understand how to do this job. Like, I remember. It was so scared. And five years later, I was like, it's a piece of cake because I had learned. And that's what I said. Okay, I've, I've, I've mastered this skill. And now I want another challenge. I want something different. Even though it was so uncomfortable, right, to change positions or do something new, I, it keeps me alive. Like my brain engages when I'm creating so I knew it was time. It was really, the, it was really time. I'm reflecting on the, what, what it would be like to work in a, a real factory where you're assembling cars or something, where you're doing the same job every day for mm-hmm. 30 years. 
right? What would that be like? Because I feel the same. I say, pull. If I'm learning something new, it's a challenge, and I'm uncomfortable, and all that kind of stuff. I'm going. That's a pretty good life. Like I, I enjoy doing that. Not like it's fun, like going on a roller coaster. Well, some of you sometimes like a roller coaster, but it's it's a space where you go. I'm learning something new. I'm figuring it out. I'm in that challenge. And then there's a space when you go. Yeah, I kind of got this figured out. So now I want something new. And what I found is many people really like to have you in a job that you're really good at. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they, they like you to stay in that space. I go like, I'm ready for a new job. And they go, we, we really like what you're doing over there. And we want you to stay and keep doing that. And I'm going like, no, I'm bored. I mean, it was, a, it was not a joke. It was a reality. I got to where I could do my job at one particular location in 15 minutes a day. There was nothing else for me to do. And that's mm-hmm. like nothing. In fact, the fullest day I had was the day that there were meetings held that I had to attend remote. So I'd spend the all day on a conference call. Right. And after the first, once I got to the place where I could do my job in 15 minutes a day, then there was a space where it was like, okay, so I've already processed all the old email. I've refiled all the old folders. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've drawn pictures of something like that I want to build at home. And I am bored to death listening to this meeting because it doesn't sound relevant for me. Like, uh, I've already solved the problems that they're trying to solve in, in my group and I'm bored. And then I'm going back to the folks who are doing the stuff that are factory work where it's, I'm going to put this wheel on this flywheel on thing for 40 years. I, I just don't see how I could do that. And I'm not sure how I see how they do it. Cause I think most people are similar to me and that they want to take on a new challenge. They want to create something new. Yeah. It's interesting. I, my grandmother worked on in a, in a factory in California during the war and doing the same thing, right? They were, they were building airplane parts and doing the same thing every day. But her pur- she had a purpose, right? Her purpose was, like, I'm helping the war effort. I'm helping our, our soldiers. And so that purpose was bigger than I'm just going to, you know, here I am assembling these parts. And so I think about that, like the difference between your purpose and someone else's purpose for the work that they're doing. If they can couple to, man, I'm 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 enabling people to have transportation, which is freedom, right? Autonomy. Or I love cars. Like I love cars, right? And this is what I get to do, not rather than what I have to do. I think it's all the story. And like, what is your story that you just don't think you could do the same thing over and over? And the conversation has taken me to uh, Viktor Frankl's book, which is uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And when we have a purpose, when we have meaning in what we're doing, like we we can tolerate all kinds of stuff. We can tolerate, and not like, a, oh, I'm going to tolerate this. No, it's like, um, yep, you got to do this, right? You have a sense of purpose. You have meaning in what you're doing. You can produce that. For myself, I have a sense of purpose and meaning when I'm creating something new or solving some huge problem. Like from a very small age, like my mother got me a poster 
when I was probably 11 or 12. Uh, greatest, it says on the top, the greatest joys in life are doing what other people say can't be done. Now, she probably had her own purpose for that. But I really do lit up by doing that, by saying, here's a problem that can't be done, solved. And I go, yeah, I'll take it. And when it, when it's solved, then I'm, I'm looking for the, for the next one. So I want I want to keep the same purpose, so I go to another place. And there are, there are folks who want to manage an organization for a long period of time. Like, like they really wanted to take on those challenges because there's challenges inside there, right? But I think it's about what's your purpose. And, and I, I, I worked with a lot of craftsmen and, and like as a space where craftsmen, I mean like tradesmen, like millwrights, boilermakers, fitters, iron workers, these guys. And those guys are just as smart as we are as, as anybody I've met. I mean, they're, 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 their, their intelligence spread is probably fits the bell curve just perfectly with every other group of people out there. And, they were doing labor, literally labor. When you get to know them, they all had something else that they were doing. And, and it could be like, I have a farm. It could be, I, I, I restore Harleys. I could be, I, I, I travel, like I have a camper. I, I, you know, they, you, you start to get to know them and their passion is not at work. Their passion is someplace else. They, like, but they have their passion. They have their meaning, right? Which as a most amazing part of the Victor Frankl's book when he, he can predict when people are going to die because they start smoking their cigarettes because the cigarettes are cash currency to trade, right? Until they don't have a purpose to trade for the cigarettes for, they smoke them and he goes, they're always dead within 24 hours. And it wasn't the cigarettes that killed them. It's that they lost their meaning Mm -hmm. and they wanted, they wanted to just get away and the cigarette took them away. And so our purpose can be that powerful. And that's, when I look back at, and I've had a couple jobs where I would say I had resenteeism. One, like I just couldn't see a space for me to make the difference that would work for me. Like, like to, to, to the challenge wasn't there. They wanted me to continue to do the job that I was doing, and, and that's all they ever wanted me to do. And the other one was I made up a story that wasn't accurate. I made up a story about a space of possibilities that was there, and it wasn't, and you know, you could say the other person misled me, but I would say I made up a story that it was different than what it really was. And the time it took me to one rebuild trust with myself, because mm. I was the one who trust trusted in the first place, right? And then there was the whole first part, like, wait, I think you lied to me. And then I go, oh, wait, I made up a story that you said something that you you didn't. And then, uh, wow, can I trust myself to go do something else? And that took six months for me to be able to retrust myself, really reground, rebuild, re-go forward, so I could go on and move on to the next next place. So I have had resenteeism. I created it. It wasn't intentional. I didn't sit down and say, well, today I'm going to be resenteeism, right? Or I'm going to resent the people in this world, or I'm going to resent that I made this choice, or I'm going to resent the-. It wasn't like that. I kind of drifted into it. I think if there's one thing that I, my intention for this podcast and, and recording it for others is a space for people to begin to notice if they have. Because mm-hmm. I don't know that people are sitting around going like, no, 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 yeah, I'm in resentism right now, and that means that this is a good thing, right? They're kind of going like, I just don't want to be here. And then somebody gets together, and, and pretty soon you're, you're bringing forth all the negative aspects of mm-hmm. the job, feeding into the frenzy, 
And I think we as humans seem to, I don't know if we always will or always have, but we seem to connect with people who are in the same resentment that we are. And then it starts to spread. And then it's truth, right? Because it's right. Because other people are seeing it too. It must be right. Well, it sure makes you feel better when somebody else goes, I see that too, right? And you go, oh my God, this is, this is real. Mm-hmm. And because you all have the same story doesn't make it real in the world. It just makes it real to you. And being wrong feels just like being right. <laughs> until you're wrong, until you know that you're wrong, I get proof that you're wrong, then being wrong feels bad. But until that moment, and I think it's the same way for when you're resenting somebody, it doesn't feel like you're resenting them. It feels like you're right. You're just. One, it, it triggers me to think about blame, right? To, to That you can blame something else other than yourself for this mm. reason why you're resentful rather than pointing the fingers at yourself and saying, wow, this is my responsibility. My story is my responsibility. It's really good. My story is my responsibility. Now, is, is responsibility uh, something that we look forward to and love, or is it something <laughs> we, we, we run away from? What's your, what's your read, Deb? Well, it's, it's interesting because I think in some cases we've turned it into a four-letter word, right? <laughs> because now that you're responsible, oh my gosh, it's on you. <laughs> and so it's, it's easier to have something else to blame, right? Oh, I don't, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> I don't want to be in that situation, but responsibility can be amazing. Like it, it depends on the story that you have. If, if you get to be responsible, right? Versus I have to be responsible. I mean, you can even see my shoulders if <laughs> probably not if you're just listening, <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's a, it's a completely different mood and to be responsible for your own life means you get to create it. You get to create your stories, which you are anyways, but now you get to know that you are and have the choice to change it. Why? You, tell me more about the story of having somebody else to blame or be is easier. What, what, how is it easier? And I, I want to dive into that because I can see how I could make that story up, but I'm also going like, how does it show up as easier? Because it's not my fault. Something happens. It's not my fault. It's someone else's fault. I'm not wrong. Thanks. I'm, I'm working it, right? So there's yep. a space of it's somebody else's fault. I'm not wrong. So therefore the blame is not yours. Mm-hmm. The shame or whatever goes with that is not yours. How is that easier? If there's something that, I mean, let's talk about failure, right? I could say making a mistake. Maybe that's softening it a little bit, but let's talk about failure because we all fail all the time, right? We should, well, should. If we're, if we're not failing, we're not trying hard enough, right? <laughs> so we're failing all the time. And to own that, to learn from it is one thing right? That's the responsibility. But to say, oh, I failed because of, oh, that person over there, you know, thwarted my intentions or then you don't have to look at yourself. And I think sometimes all the things about looking at ourselves can be the most difficult because we'd like to see ourselves as maybe being infallible or being right. We love being right. But 
to take that deep look at what happened that was my responsibility, I think that's a harder conversation with yourself. I mean, how do you, how do you notice that? Deb, I notice it as a story. I, it's just a story. Yeah. And we have a story that to be able to blame somebody else is easier, right? Because I, 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 I'm not responsible. But there's also like you're, you're handing the control of your life to somebody else. Yeah. Somehow or another, that's easier, right? I, I don't know. I think that it occurs as easier because of like our history, our stories we've had about, oh, whew, missed that one, right? Wasn't what they got blamed, not me, right? We got away with something or it's just easier, right? And I think that it's an easier story is just a story. I don't know that it's any easier. I'm actually holding that it's actually harder. Hmm. The first step you have to do is to go re-engage with your life to go forward with that. And I've noticed people, like when they are really responsible for their own life, their learning is easy for them. They go, oh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Oh, really? Gosh, I had that wrong. I went on, and like, like their whole mood never shifted. Like, oh, my gosh, right? And I think that story of learning is a part of what we do. I get to be responsible for my life. I get to create my own learning. I get to do all kinds. That's just a story that's not being created for ourselves. And how do we continue to create that story to where when, when something goes not the way we intended it, it's not bad, it's learning. And so we can be back in the space of like being responsible and loving it. And we see an opportunity to learn, we, we cherish it. Instead of going like, oh, man, I can't believe I screwed that up. No place of going like, oh, wow, cool. Is this how this works? Tell, tell me more, tell me more, right? Okay, I got it. This is really good. Thank you. And it's the same situation. I was wrong and I should be ashamed and I shouldn't, you know, hide, right? Because this, this being in the limelight's uncomfortable or look what I learned. This is pretty cool. I can do something different. Those are the two stories I see. And I think it goes back to the, to the resentism, right? When, if you don't want to be there, right, figure out why you don't want to be there and do something about it, which could be, change your story or it could be change your location. like move to a different company. But so stories that are in your head that are creating that you resent being there. I'm going to rephrase that. It's the stories in my head that have made me resent being there. Others were just being who they were, which they're all trying to do a good job. Yeah. You made me think there's a new ism for us to, to introduce like a purposism. Or a, like, it's the another story, a different story that people people can create for themselves if they want. Why, why do you suppose we, like humans, we humans created the word, like, quiet quitting and presenteeism and presenteeism, presentism, presentism, presentism yeah. right? Why do you think we created those? A couple of things strike me. First, the the... I think people are becoming aware of their situations in businesses. I do think there's a a general awareness of that they may be a cog in a machine. And again, that's a story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to not be alone, right? Is is like now it's an ism. <laughs> so that means other people 
are afflicted with the same thing, like now I don't feel alone. Now I feel like I'm normal because I feel this way too. And that's that's how it kind of struck me is that people people are becoming aware and especially if if people are not valuing them or helping them in their careers, they could I could see the story being created by them of I'm a cog. But that 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 feeling of wow, now I put a word to it, now I put a name to it. Yes, that's how I feel. It's just another way to feel like I'm not alone. It's good, Deb. Thank you. I'm reflecting on it from the, because there's, you know, quiet quitting, presenteeism, presenteeism. There's all these different languages we're creating, and they can occur like a new noticing, a new buzzword, a new space to notice yourself with, this new language. In some ways, I also see that this is kind of similar to Heidegger's writing about being authentic. Like when you're when you're in a job, you're you're not being who you want to be. You can be you can get you can, you can resent. You can quit in place. You can there's other things you can do, and then you go, "Well, I'm going to quit," and you, and you do quit, and you go someplace else. And the power is that now that you're in a new place, it's the same you there. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So you so you so you ran away from the problem. And then you got there and you realize, well, crap, maybe it's me. Like maybe it's me that has the, that's making up this story because these people over here seem to be the same as the people over there. And all of a sudden there's a space of, wow, maybe it's me, right? But then you could go back to the old job. You could go anywhere else you want to be. It's about you choosing to be there versus you having some story that you resent or having a story that you're, you know, they don't, they don't believe in me. They don't trust me, whatever that is. Do you believe in you? And you can choose to be in most any job you want if you choose to be there. Then you're being authentic. And it may be a different location. It may be a different job. maybe a different space. But there's a big difference between thinking I need to go someplace else to get away from the people that are around me or the philosophy that's around me. And going like, wow, what is my story about this situation? What is my story? about this situation and shaping that first. That's really good. That's really good. Deb, any last comments before we wrap up our podcast? Oh, I just, you know, think about our listeners, you know, what is, what is your story? What, if you are, you know, coupling to that word resenteeism or what is, what is your story about it? And is there, is there something you're going to act on? Like, is there a way to change your story? Is there a different place for you to be? Or is there something you want to work on to really like not, not live in the shadow of someone else's life, but be your own hero of your own life? Your own journey. I love it. Well, I offer to all the listeners, if this resonates with you, please forward on this podcast to others that might resonate to them. Give us a, a rating, write us a comment, or better yet, either reach out to myself Ron at MacklinConnection.com or reach out to Deb at Deb at MacklinConnection.com and share what you noticed. Share what it is that showed up for you on this podcast as you're listening through this podcast. Thanks. Have fun. Take care, everybody. Are you looking to strengthen your relationships, whether personally or professionally? You want to learn how to build authentic connections faster or perhaps 
you're looking to beat employee burnout through the power of connection, my name is Ron Macklin, founder of Macklin Connection. And in our workshops, we teach you the fundamentals of how to do exactly that and more. To learn more of the power of your relationships, visit us at MacklinConnection.com. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. At Macklin Connection, we believe making authentic connections with others can literally change your world. We invite you to share this podcast with one person that you care about. Maybe it's someone you haven't spoken with in a really long time and you'd love to reconnect. Or maybe it's the first person that popped into your head when you listened to this podcast because you thought it would be perfect for them. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.